Welcome to the teaching ministry of Temple Baptist Church. While we hope you can join us in person, our prayer is that this message will encourage you to love God and serve Him in a deeper way. I don't think it gets any better than that. No way. I think that was uh, 13 baptisms. And actually, there was more people in the class. And there's actually an, a list being created for the next time we have baptism. So uh, it's, uh, it's, God's on the move. If you haven't noticed, God's on the move here amongst our church family. And we're very, very excited about it. You know, when I was watching the baptism, I couldn't uh, help but get excited. Like, Andrew uh, is part of our small group, and so I've had the opportunity to get to know him this last year. He's a fine young man, and I, I'm just so excited to see what the future holds for him. And Bill, Bill was telling me when he first came to Temple, he, this was his story. He says, you know, when I first came, I looked around. He says, I think these people believe this stuff. <laughs> and then he said week two, he was here, and he was listening as I was speaking. He goes... I think that guy believes that stuff that he's saying up there. And then he said on week three, I think I believe that stuff that's being said up there. So uh, anyway, it's just been exciting to hear all these different testimonies this morning. And we have designed our service, by the way, just to be one hour today because we, we want you to come back for our Christmas Eve service. So I've been given six and a half minutes uh, to um, speak. And I, I'm going <laughs> to praise the Lord. Is that what you said? Someone speak to her afterwards. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Can you believe it though? Christmas is tomorrow. Christmas is tomorrow. And for some of you, less than 24 hours, you're going to have someone shaking you, saying, Mommy, Daddy, get up, get up. It's Christmas. Some of you are going to be woken up by the screams of excitement of kids, and you're going to hear the wrapping paper being ripped off of gifts. It's going to be a great morning. For some of you, it'll be a little quieter. A cup of coffee before you get moving. Uh, for others tomorrow, maybe you'll start peeling vegetables and potatoes, getting ready for the big family Christmas uh, dinner. Or for some of you, maybe you're going to be traveling uh, tomorrow. I know uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm flying off to be with my family, and I'm really, really looking uh, forward to it. Well, this past month, we have really just been in this party mode. We've been in celebration mode because of a baby that was born. Now, we know babies change everything. For those who are brand new parents this year, baby changed everything for you. You realize that you actually can function with less sleep. Not that you like it, but you actually can function. For some of you, you've discovered there's actually room for someone else in the bed with you when that child wedges their way uh, with you. Uh, in your bed. But no, a baby does change everything. It does change everything. And when Jesus was born, that baby did change everything. In fact, the changes that he brought affected the entire world. And, and there's nothing normal. There's nothing absolutely normal about this birth of, uh, of Jesus. The Christmas story is unbelievable. You actually can't even make this stuff up. I mean, it's really one of the most amazing stories because God became a man. And tonight, there'll be live reports from the town that Jesus was born in. And you'll hear reports tomorrow from Bethlehem. And, and in 2017, everyone kind of knows where Bethlehem is. But when Jesus was born, I'm telling you, Bethlehem was uh, off the beaten track. Uh, it was a podunk town, uh, very obscure 
a town where Jesus was born. And the birth of Jesus is the one event that began moving things in motion that would allow men and women, boys and girls, to actually be forgiven of their sins. Before this time, never had that ever occurred to anybody that sins could be forgiven. But when the birth of Jesus happened, something drastically happened. God was really on the move. And if you remember, the angel told Joseph, right, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And he shall save his people from their sins. The birth of Jesus is really just the beginning of what God was getting ready to unfold to, for the world to see. And as amazing as that story is, that God would take on flesh and dwell among men, it's just the beginning of the story. Because how the story ends is really where the power comes that changes uh, lives. Because Jesus actually was born in the shadow of a cross. In Micah uh, chapter 5, verse 7, seven centuries before Jesus was born, so 700 years before Jesus was born, Micah <laughs> predicts that Christ will be born in Bethlehem. Now, think about that. I'm an obscure little town. They're going to make a prediction that a king will be born there. You would think if you're going to make predictions, you would go with something safe, like maybe Jerusalem. Maybe there's a 50-50 chance. But Bethlehem, who's ever heard of Bethlehem? And 700 years later, it happens. Because what God declares is going to happen will happen even in the most unlikely of circumstances. Because when you read the story of Mary and Joseph, of course, you know, they're living their life in Nazareth. Yet the Bible says she's going to have a baby in Bethlehem. And so they're living about 60, 70 miles away from Bethlehem. So how in the world is that going to happen? Well, this is what's so amazing. This is where you begin to see the invisible hand of God at work orchestrating things. Because God is actually going to use, believe it or not, the government to fulfill his plans. I mean, the government thought they were just going to get ready to... Um, collect taxes. They had this big census. You know, they were levying taxes on people. It was a heavy burden for people to bear. And that's what the government thought they were doing. But actually, God was at work because of, of, uh, of this edict that was told that people would have to go back to their home town to pay their taxes. It's so weird for us because, you know, the government just takes it right off our check. We don't have to go uh, anywhere to pay our tax. It would be like me having to go, I was born in Moncton, New Brunswick, so it would be like me having to make a trip to Moncton to pay for my taxes. And so God is already at work because the prophecy says that a Messiah is going to be born in, in Bethlehem. So somehow God's got to get Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And so... The edict is made. Joseph has to make his way back home. But what's so crazy about the story is Mary goes with him. Now, you think about this. Mary is great with child, okay? I mean, she's very, very, very pregnant. And, and, and most, not all, but most ladies, when they're very, very pregnant, aren't looking to go on some big, long trip. And uh, here it's 60 uh, miles away that Joseph has to go. And Joseph says, hey, Mary, <laughs> why don't you come with me for the walk? <laughs> it's only 60 miles. No, I'll be really good. I'll put you on a donkey. We'll take the donkey. 
Like, really, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely uh, crazy talk. But so fulfilled, the old prophecy of Micah 5.2 when it says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd to my people. So just imagine, they're on this trip. There's no super eights. <laughs> Uh, there's no holiday inns. There's no fast food places along the way. It's a rough terrain that they're going to be traveling. And I, I can only imagine actually Mary's parents saying to Mary, Mary, this is a crazy idea. I don't know where Joseph came up with this idea. You need to stay home. Stay close to home. I mean, the doctor's here. We love you. Who, who knows what could happen out there? You got a 60-mile trip. You could have a baby on the side of the road. I, Joseph is just a carpenter. He's not a doctor. I told you to marry a doctor, but you chose to marry a carpenter. I don't know how this is going to go play well with um, Joseph in-laws. I don't think it's going too well. But the story is, of course, that she does go. And the Bible says that while she was there, it was actually a time for her to deliver. And she gave birth to her firstborn child, a son. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room in the village inn for them. We know the story. That very night, you know, the shepherds are outside of the town and they're tending their sheep and an angel appears to them and says, I bring you good news. I bring you great joy, which shall be for all people. Can you imagine hearing this angelic being standing in front of you says, I got some news. It's so fantastic. It's great news. And it's going to affect everybody in the world. They tell them that there is actually a savior has been born actually in the town of Bethlehem, in Podunk town, Bill, Bethlehem. And you'll recognize the child. You'll know which one the child is when you're going because you'll find this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Incredible. It's an incredible story to think that a king of kings would have such a humble, humble beginning. And then, of course, we have the promise hundreds and hundreds of years before the promise from the prophet Isaiah, who says that Jesus Christ will come, okay, and will come and solve our problem, the problem of being sin. And what's so amazing is that God's not just going to treat, uh, treat the symptoms, he's actually going to cure the disease. And Isaiah talks about that hundreds of years before Jesus arrives on the scene. True, this Christmas season says that God is going to take care of our problem. That's what Christmas says. God has come to take care of our problems, our sin problem. What's amazing, he says, I'm going to come and I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to, I'm going to change it in such a way because I know you're living it, you live a broken life. And I'm going to come and I'm going to rectify that. And what's so amazing about this incredible story is not only is Jesus going to forgive us of our sins, but then he replaces it by giving us his righteousness. That's crazy when you think about the story of Christmas. And this particular season, this year, I have been, as I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, I have just been caught up again with the word 
Emmanuel. Matthew 1.23, we're told that he's to be called Emmanuel, God with us. God is, God was, God will be with us. Not God is watching over us, God is with us. Incredible truth to think about that. God is with you when, when there's major bumps along life's journey. God is with you when you find yourself at the foot of a graveyard. God is with you when, when you, your child has been diagnosed with a disease. God is with you when you find yourself lying there in that hospital bed. God with us. In fact, Mary was told, don't be afraid, Mary, because God will be with you. Of course, she had no idea what her journey would be like. The fact that her son would be arrested and falsely accused and sentenced to a death of crucifixion. She had no idea that he would be beaten and then hammered to a cross. And through it all, the promise was, God will be with you. And what's so amazing about this promise is that, the, that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. When we know Jesus Christ is our personal savior, when we think God is with us, we think, well, maybe there are times that he's not with us. I mean, we're so used to having people with us and then they, you know, they move out of the house or they move, neighbors move away and they're no longer with us. But that's not true when it comes to God. Because in fact, in, in Romans, it tells us that nothing can separate us from God. Not your fears, not your insecurities, not all your theological questions, not your doubts about who he is. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, because God is with us. In this little unknown, obscure town of Bethlehem comes a redeemer. In this little town comes one who would actually stand in the gap for us, who would fight for us and fight our enemy of sin and death. From this little town comes the one who actually would die for our sins, and his name is Jesus, and we celebrate him today. Aren't you excited we have a savior today? And he is alive and well. I'm so thankful for this season, so thankful to have you here this morning. What a great reminder of this Christmas season, what God has done for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the rich, rich truths of your word. We thank you for the incredible name that you bear, Emmanuel, God with us. Who would have ever thought that could have happened? Lord, who would have ever thought that our sins could actually be forgiven too? And yet that's what your word says. You came and stood in the gap. Lord, all through the Old Testament we read, a rescuer, a deliverer is on his way. And he arrived and his name was Jesus. And we celebrate him today. So thankful, God, for our relationship with you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.